Hey guys, this is uh, VP Precision, episode 22. I've got a good buddy on the line here, um, Brian Pence. He's uh, He is uh, a fellow Oregonian and one of the guys who I shot, I shot my first two-day match with him um, that was a team match. So I'm going to chat with him tonight. Jake and I were talking earlier today, and we're just going to try to get, obviously, you guys know we've been a little light on content. I uh, my wife just had a birthday party and or a birthday, and we went to uh, went on a little vacation, so we were gone. And it's just sometimes it's hard for us to get together. And there's a bunch of guys that I'd like to introduce you guys to, and it's 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 always tough to coordinate, you know, three or four people's schedule trying to do interviews. So um, Jake and I talked this morning. I was like, man, I just I'm going to call some guys and just try to get some more content to get to you guys uh, more information and, uh, keep things a little more steady. So, uh, tonight it's, uh, was Thursday, Thursday night. Tomorrow I'm leaving to a match, a team match with Jake. Um, so we'll be doing, we'll be doing some podcasts obviously there, but, um, it's Thursday night and Brian said he could come on. And so longtime friend, we talk all the time. Um, he is a, I'll do kind of an intro and then let him talk about himself a little bit more, but, um, he's, uh, He's super, uh, he's been a, he's a great friend. We talk all the time. We bounce ideas off each other all the time about gun stuff and, and he's super particular. So I guess if you took a scale of, of Jake on Jake's strengths, what would be like mental game is super strong, great fundamentals, but he doesn't stress and worry about the details of guns as much as Brian and I do. And so if Jake's on one end, Brian is at the far other end and I'm closer to Brian than, than Jake, but, but Brian's very detailed. Um, so it's fun to talk with him about reloading stuff, about gun stuff. Cause he's, he's, uh, uh, he's, he just spends more time worrying about it a little bit more like me than, <laughs> than Jake. So it's kind of fun to get different perspectives. So, uh, he's a killer. He won, um, shoot, we'll talk about the NRL championship, but he was in position to win that, ended up taking second on the championship and we'll get into that a little bit. And, um, he's, he won a, I guess that was Jake's PRS match he put on, um, a year ago or so. And so he's, uh, you know, consistent top level shooter. And so, uh, he knows how to, how the game goes. He's a, he's a hunted a lot. He helped me with my Nevada hunt. He's done a lot of hunts and he, anyway, he's super well-rounded. He's been at this a long, long time. So he's got some really good info. So anyway, uh, without further ado, Brian, um, how's, uh, how did, uh, how did you start? How did you get into competing? How'd that start? Uh, well, that was a long journey, I guess. Um, I kind of got the bug for shooting when I was really, really young. Um, okay. and I mean, from like a really young age, I love shooting stuff, whether it was BB gun, pellet gun, uh, bows and arrows. I mean, I, I competed when I was a kid. My dad got me into archery really young and he compete, competed in like indoor oh, cool. leagues and 3d stuff. So, kind of got competing component from that. And then, you know, I got older, you know, I was trying to get guns to shoot good and picked up, uh, my dad gave me some reloading stuff. This was a long time ago and I decided to tinker around with that. And that was the beginning of the obsession, I guess. That's trying cool. to get, trying to get perfect, um, yeah. ammo and guns. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, what but year do you think that was on the, like when you started uh, doing the reloading and, and or, or how reloading, did you even, yeah, go ahead with that. So reloading, I start, I think he gave me, um, 
I was, I was living in Washington. He gave me the reloading stuff, I think in like 2006 or seven. Okay. Maybe. Cool. And then, and I, I mean, I was trying to reload for like an AR and, <laughs> That's and how I was I getting frustrated <laughs> trying to get, I was getting frustrated, you know, I'm like, man, I want these one whole groups. And then I realized that that wasn't the platform, um, for accuracy. And that kind of, uh, led, led me down the road of precision rifles. Um, so you necessarily, and, when you started, you weren't, necessarily in the long range were you or were you more into like hey i just want super tiny groups at 100 yards type of thing yeah yeah exactly i mean 100 yards was you okay. know 100 yards yeah so i wasn't a huge I, at that at that point until then i started reloading and then i wanted to see what i could do about further past 100 yards Got it. Um, with the reloading aspect and um, and so long range hunting was going by then and you were kind of, you were hunting at that, you've kind of hunted off and on your whole life for the most part. Yeah. And okay. it, it didn't, I guess uh, at that time I wasn't uh, thinking about, I wasn't too, I guess, tied up into the long range hunting and mm-hmm. uh, the hunting, the whole thing, putting it all together. But I obviously wanted a, a oh. gun I could hunt with and be accurate. Um, okay. So I decided to get my first uh, rifle build. Um, and it was kind of funny. I kind of jumped ahead first. I, I didn't kind of trickle up like some guys. I just went, <laughs> I went from like shooting the AR to like having a full custom rifle. Oh, nice. um, <laughs> so I just, was that Travis Riddell at Arbros? Was that your first one? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, Travis. Cool. Okay. That's um, a good ride. Super good dude. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I just kind of read a bunch of forums, did a bunch of research, had a 300 wind mag, you know, built because I thought that'd be an awesome hunting caliber, and I could shoot you know pretty far with it. So and you were right, it still is. <laughs> and I was right. It it, uh, it went it spiraled downhill, and that was before like ballistic calculators really a big thing. So mm-hmm. um, there's like oh a couple computer programs you could run. Yeah, it was X ball. You could just go out pa- X ball on a Palm Pilot was my first one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Or uh, uh, field firing solutions. I yep. think was the other one. Yep um you, you can go to their website and punch in some stuff but or you just go out and shoot steel until you hit the target and get some <laughs> data that was, that was that was not that long ago wrong. we were like just grasping in the dark and that was not very many years ago <laughs> no yeah everybody was sharing dope some ideas like i think you can hit at this at this many turns that's hilarious um, <laughs> but yeah that spiraled out of control and i literally kind of like stumbled into a guy when i was hunting up there um I seriously popped out of the woods and stumbled into another guy who was hunting the same spot I was okay. for uh, blacktail. And he, he saw my rifle and he's like, man, that's a pretty nice rifle. And I was like, yeah, we got the BS. And he actually was holding a precision rifle match, like a little club match. No Just a way. group of guys actually before, before even like, you know, that was a thing. It was just like guys <laughs> like, Hey, we got a bunch of folks getting together, like 20 guys getting together and we're going to be shooting, um, up around here in a couple of weeks. You should come out and shoot this match that I'm running. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's I could awesome. probably do that. <laughs> so I went home and I loaded up like every single piece of brass I had. Um, <laughs> and I went out and shot that match. That's where I met Jake Vibbert for the first time. Okay. And, uh, so that must've been right when he was getting into it as well. Yep. Pretty yep. early yeah, on. He, he borrowed, uh, I think it was Scott Sturman's rifle, and, and we just uh, went and had a, had a ball and did really well, too. Well, didn't so you guys go one and two or something? 
Uh, I can't remember. We, we did pretty good. Um, that's awesome. I think it surprised a lot of people who were there because a bunch of those guys had shot that little match before and were kind of shocked to see who these new guys were, but it was, it was pretty funny. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, that reminds me about the first, when I did the, when we did that first cold bore match and I show up, that was kind of my first thing. I did the same thing. I grabbed all my brass, which was about a hundred and their course of fire was for 200 rounds. So I yeah, you had like 102 <laughs> pieces of brass. <laughs> so the first time I met Brian, we we grew at this hotel, and I'm like C clamping this rock trucker to the bar in the in the hotel room, and he's helping me like size brass and hand wiping the lube off with a with a rag and and running the the charge master in the hotel room. So oh, that's funny. Yeah, that so, worked out well. Yeah, we did. We we won that thanks to you. You kind of carried yep. the team on that one. So <laughs> that was that was an awesome match. That, that was, was super fun. That was actually one of my. F- funner matches i think i I remember it was you burned it down too yeah that was a fun one i was it was we had i think we had pistols and rifle oh it was a blast so i kind of i kind of missed that we need to get more pistols back Uh, i know we could we could do a podcast about pistols we've both been geeking out on on uh pistol competition and try and be to be careful to not get into another hobby except for <laughs> except for i say that but i only want that to be drive to matches because i'm not flying with uh, a yeah. pistol and rifle I, i'm no. already maxed out on weight yeah exactly exactly okay so let's fast forward you do um you start out you you stumble into some random match angel in the woods who tells you where yeah, this match is was <laughs> yeah it was crazy and, um, and you go yeah, from there so and then what after you... that i jumped on the sniper's hide and i was looking for other matches okay um and did it pretty well i figured i might as well do some more yeah right on and so i signed up for a couple more local ones up in washington I think that same year were those affiliated with any of the leagues yet or was it just, just random stuff? Yeah. And that was a cool thing. Washington is, and still is a cool area. There is so many, um, matches up there and just small, like groups of guys and match directors to get together. Um, you can go, um, I mean, I traveled all over the state when I lived up there shooting matches. It was awesome. Um, and, uh, so they but were, no, I, I did that for quite a few years, just shooting um, the local matches, the Finley Cup. Jim Finley. Oh yeah. Um, he he had some matches up in Wenatchee. Uh, super good guy. Rest cool. in peace, Jim. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he put on an awesome match, uh, one day and two day matches. Oh cool. Um, but he uh, <laughs> he chewed my ass the first. First match, I showed up with a 300 win mag, and I broke his steel targets. Um, and that's and that's when I realized uh, gun number two was in the works. I had to I had to go get a six five forty seven built because uh, turns out magnums were not the choice for match shooting. Um, <laughs> well, I feel like you're ahead of the time because with the six five forty seven, I mean, we're it's still an awesome round. We're talking about today, but so what made you go from? I mean, generally, when I talk to new guys getting into the sport, the the mis- they they read the rules and they're like, okay, thirty cal and smaller, thirty two hundred feet a second and less, and they're like, well, why not build a you know a six five SOM or three hundred rum and shoot well one eighties at thirty two hundred. So they do that, <laughs> but then most of them can wrap their head around, okay, that's gonna be that's gonna be it's gonna burn the barrel out because I heard there was ten round stages, so I can't. I can't 200 rounds of 300 rounds. Most of the guys can get that, but not many guys get 
Well, I've had guys this week ask me about why don't you why don't you run a twenty two creed going thirty one ninety and then and then why not why not as you know the two forty three or what I did I went the six SLR or the the you know the two the what you know there's all kinds of different two forty three variants where you can run thirty one fifty and yeah you can you can still make an argument for it but there's there's a big there's a lot of value in that steady and consistent stuff how did you how did you pick a six five over going the the normal barrel burner thirty two hundred feet a second type of route um you know reading uh you know reading stuff about the six five forty seven I mm-hmm. mean even back then there was lots of talk about them and then mm-hmm. obviously Travis um Riddell, I, yeah. I I was asking him and he he built a bunch of them okay um so it kind of just was a natural path for me to go down and uh i think and at, at that time i was talking with jake a lot and me and him mm-hmm. actually ended up buying like a a lot of brass for like a thousand pieces of brass together we, we oh, split nice. it nice. um so because we both had 6547s built at the same time oh okay so, so it kind of just it worked out you know well that way cool um, cool so that was you were on that for a while. Generation. Yeah, you were still running. I, when we shot the cold bore, that's when I was starting. You were shooting that 6.5 yeah. still. Yeah, and everybody gave me crap for it. I remember all you freaking Portlanders, Westsiders, giving me crap for running a 6.5. <laughs> I don't think it was me. I think it was Cody and <laughs> Jeremy and Ethan. I'm blaming it on them. I didn't know yeah. I didn't know enough to know. <laughs> yeah, tell me, but that was it was uh, less superior with the 6.547. Yeah. Oh, I remember the argument. Of it was more expensive, which I guess it is. Yeah, that's what it I was. It was too expensive it's to too run. Much, I mean, too much money. So I was running the show, that match. I was running my shot out 6.47. That was before I knew you could shoot barrels out so yeah i think shot good <laughs> until it didn't but yeah it did yeah. it thing hammered so um okay so you do that when you go from let's see you ran the six five right around there is when you started poking around with some different things you did build a yeah. six eventually um i did I, I got peer pressured into a six, and the, and that was a disaster. I remember we we both well, still kind of had the idea of of it was fast, but with Lapua brass was, and all this stuff, and we you tried the the comp match, it was right? Good and bad, yeah. Well, I I did the SLR and yeah. um, I had really really good success with that at the, at first, and then mm-hmm. I developed some brass issues um, mm-hmm. and a few other things, and that was that was a headache beyond mm-hmm. <laughs> beyond yes. that I wanted to deal with. Yep. That's so why I, I got away to get from another it. headache. <laughs> then you went for the comp match for a hot second, and when that thing ran, it was magic. And when it didn't, it was a train wreck. Yeah, so it yep. was hot yep. or hot or cold. But what? So then I then we decided we needed something that was proven, and then we got smart and started running six dashers. We finally got to the dashers. Yeah. So okay. So so up in from 06 to whatever twenty fifteen, you'd never flown to a match. Had you? Uh, let's see. I think uh, no. I hadn't flown. Everything I did up to that point, I just drove. If I could drive to it, I could go. So you were Idaho, um, Oregon, Washington. May- yeah, maybe Montana. Is that about as far as you made it? Or you went to? That, uh, did you go down to no, NorCal? I went to. I went to NorCal. Okay. Okay. Uh, um. Yeah, so I would shoot a lot of mostly all Washington matches. Um, I ventured into Oregon, did some match. I mean, I was living in Washington for quite a few years, and then yep. then I moved back to Oregon. But okay. no, I did uh, NorCal. Um, you know, some of those other matches. You know, 
pretty close by whatever I could, uh, drive to and get time off to go do. So yep. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. Well, let's talk but, about that. So Jake and I come from, you know, he's been in this quote unquote industry Well, obviously industry was his target deal and was shooting a lot. So time for him is, is very flexible. <laughs> I've been self-employed for a long time. Uh, I got a couple guys that work for me. Um, and so my time can be a little more flexible. I started traveling more. I kind of got into it. The, the crew here, Jeremy Bentham at the time, if you guys know him from a few years back, was was probably him and Cody. Cody was traveling, but not quite as much as Jeremy probably. And those guys were traveling a lot. And as I was getting into it, they were getting out of it. And then you were kind of ramping back into it. Um, it seemed like for me, like you kind of got the fire well, again. Well, I you, took... Yeah. I took some time off. I yeah. um, took a little hiatus for a little bit. Yeah. And so, and then you started ramping back up the difference. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit while we're in the, on this part is, um, well, let's see here. How to transition this. Well, okay. So, so time wise, there's a lot of guys that, that have, you know, they've got their two weeks of vacation or their three weeks or their four weeks and they've got a significant other and they've got kids or they just whatever circumstances in life, time is super valuable. Um, how have you managed to be, um, you know, competitive and, and picking matches and working around? Uh, you also got an awesome girlfriend who's very patient, but still needs to be a part of your life. <laughs> and Absolutely. And how, how have you, how, <laughs> props to Jenny. But um, how, how have you, um, first let's, let's talk about this. Do, are you able to compete how you like in both leagues or have you kind of pick and choose and gone back and forth depending on match locations and setup? Like how have you navigated that? Oh, I've had to pick and choose so last year i had to just stick with one league because there's Mm -hmm. there's just no way i could uh i i just can't i can't do two well last year i couldn't um Mm -hmm. do two this year i'm flirting with doing two i signed (laughs) up for both but um it's tough because you know i mean you and jake are kind of the exceptions of the the rule having you know a lot of free time you know blue collar guy with a nine to five I would get X number of days off for the year. So I have to use them very, very wisely. Yep. Um, and the you know, there's matches that are held, you know, you know, midweek or on a Friday or something. I've got to basically cross those off the list because I'm not going to, I can't burn that much vacation time. Yeah. You take um, a Thursday, Friday and a Monday off for some of these matches really easily. Yeah. And even on some two day matches, I still have to take a Monday and a, or a Friday and a Monday off just for travel time. Yeah. Uh, if, if I have to fly. Yeah. Um, so that those just eat away the days off. So I got to be real careful. I just basically sat down this year and penciled out, you know, all the matches. I had both rosters sitting there and I basically have to pencil out which ones I can and can't go to. And then I also have to line it up with my work schedule mm-hmm. um, for the busy times of year and the not so busy times of year. Yeah. Um, so it's a fine, fine balance. Um, but I would love it if I could just focus on one. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes the matches don't line up, you know, for my schedules like that either. So, yeah. um, it, it's so, tough. so last year, you just um last year you just ran nrl right yeah just nrl last year so was um, it what were the reasons behind that 
basically there were, I mean, NRL obviously for some people that you know are in the know is heavy out West. Yeah. Um, PRS has been around for a long time and they're all over, but NRL has definitely got a lot of matches and a lot of match directors on the West coast. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, that means a lot of drive to matches and then I can drive through the night and go to work the next morning if I have to. Yeah. So that, that saves me a lot of time, um, and money and travel expenses. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just, uh, you know, more or less, uh, just logistics uh, of locations. It's logistics. Yeah. Logistics is a huge part of it. Yeah, um, for sure. And this year, Dan Berrettini threw a wrench in the whole thing because they've got a match that's going to be <laughs> great, but it's it's PRS. And so now you're kind of, like you said, you're kind of flirting with both both sides of the, or both yeah, leagues. So, so. I, I looked at the schedule this year, and it just the way it looks is I'm like, well, there's a lot of PRS matches over here, and, um, and they fit with my schedule really well. So I'm going to shoot PRS, and I'm also going to shoot some NRL. Um, we'll just see how it goes. I don't know if I'll be able to go to two back-to-back finales in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, That's so weird. <laughs> so I'm going to probably have to pick and choose on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. See how but, the scores shake out where your best standing is after the year's over and stuff. I mean, there's yeah. definitely a benefit. You look through, what was that, that, Oh, that chart that Sheldon came out with of all the different shooters and leagues and how many matches. And some of those guys, were they hitting 18 and 19 matches? And you're like, man, you could get three good scores when you shoot nine in each league type of a thing it really helps oh, and so it's it's if, leg- I, if i blow up a freaking match it it hurts <laughs> yeah you then, go into every match like it's the finale like you can't it's yeah. and you should we all should but there's definitely like when you when you can hit three matches a year or four matches a year in that league you got to be you got to be on it if you guys don't know the way these both these leagues um they don't they don't take your average so if you shoot 10 matches you get to pick your three best which is it's unique. Uh, there's pros and there's definitely cons. Um, but for now it, it seems to work well and, and it is what it is. However, it, if a guy can shoot 10 or 12 matches a year, it, it, the chance of him having three really good ones are better than if somebody just shoots three on average. So, um, that's kind of what we're talking about here, but, um, yeah, location definitely plays into that too. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, obviously, yep. uh, or Jane, man, I was I was busting his chops the other day because he used to drive to, I don't know, a dozen matches all five hours from his house or something, I, <laughs> something crazy like that. I was like, you get out of here. That's great. <laughs> I know. He was saying he can drive to enough matches to go to both finales and the finales without getting on a plane. I was like, holy smoke. Uh, I think I go to one match without getting on a plane. So yeah. the guys were asking me. That, I was talking to a guy on the phone. He just, I don't know where he, he got my number from somewhere. And a guy I don't know from back east and was uh, thinking about getting into the sport. And so we're talking. He's like, he's like, well, I'm in Michigan, so there's nothing really around. And I was like, man, he goes, oh, you know, out where you are, you know, you've got matches all the time right around you. And I was like, man, the closest club match to me, I think, is six hours. <laughs> so I was like, I was yeah. like, you've got, you know, I talked to those guys down in Tennessee and stuff. They've got. I don't know, probably six to eight, maybe a, maybe more um, matches, less than an eight-hour drive from them. Two-day matches, not club. They got club stuff almost every weekend. So it's depending yeah. on location, it can definitely be um, different. So, well, but that's, the cool thing about uh, Washington yeah. is everything was a lot. Uh, I mean, club matches. I was going to those nonstop yeah. up there. It was pretty cool. I wish we had more club stuff here, just just to test new gear. Test, you know, when I take it something to a match, it's the first time I've shot it. I know. You know I've shot it in my house a I little know. bit, and then it goes right to a match. So. 
I guess I could be a little more proactive in that department. <laughs> well, we're, <laughs> we're, we're guilty. Someday we're um, going to get something going. I think I'm going to do some 22 stuff at my house, but it's, it's hard to find stuff west side outside of an established range that's a headache, which, we, we, you know, Cody, we've done in the past. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. we, we got to get You're something. You're pretty limited on range. Something going in Oregon. but um, Okay, so – so you're navigating that, um, you know, which, with, uh, the last few years, I mean, it's been pretty good. I've, I've got out and shot quite a few more matches the last couple of years and traveled around way more than I had. Yeah. You've been, on. So you've been, been going good. to quite a few. <laughs> yeah. You've been going to quite a few. Um, let's talk about, um, let's talk about the NRL championship a little bit. It was your first, was that your first time to Texas? for shooting um uh, no nrl or no appearance finale oh that's before. right let's not talk about um, that <laughs> about that um and then let's see <laughs> that was a rough match yeah i think i've been to i think that was the second time i think i've been to texas okay so we go down to go down to college station the weather's awesome it's pretty nice um oh, it was it was super good weather ended up being really cool. So kind of walk us through that. You had a pretty good, we were not in the same squad. You were, you were squad or two, um, back in the, just the squad yeah, chart or whatever. But what I was, part, and that's partially they squatted in order season finish. And that was cause you only got to shoot like three or four matches. So yeah, I just sucked just, a lot more. <laughs> just is what it is. I mean, man, you get one bad deal. I mean, stuff happens at matches. I would just, we just had one in Texas yeah, where last it's just, year wasn't, this year, yeah, it wasn't the greatest season for me, but, um, had some rough ones, but it's all right. <laughs> you, were, you were there nonetheless, but you're a couple stages, stages back, so I, your squad's back, so I didn't get it. I wasn't shooting with you or anything. So um, we shot like 12, 12 stages day one, six stages day two, just kind of like the PRS match we just did there. So Yeah. Um, what? How was, your, how was your day one? How did you feel coming in, into the finale, like pressure, stress-wise? Did it feel different oh. to you? No, I kind of just went in there um, pretty confident, I guess. I'm really relaxed, but pretty confident. Good. I just got my new chassis, so I was pretty jacked about that. Yeah, you've been stoked about that. I've been waiting for for a long time. <laughs> yeah, just forgive, um, I mean, maybe it's a plug on we all, we all, yeah, we all shoot for different so companies. The but, Pro yep. um, is their new chassis, and it's got the big, long uh, night vision rail section, which you know I've been talking with uh, Kyle and Matt at XLR. I was like, man, we got to get – a big rail so I can clamp my thumb on that thing. Yep. Um, cause I'm a huge proponent of clamping the rifle. Yeah. Um, that's just my style. Yeah. He's talking and, about with uh, his left hand, like if you're on a barricade and you've got your bag on your barricade, he's talking about running your left, if as a right handed running your left hand, grabbing the bag with your, you know, your four fingers and running your thumb up over the top of the, uh, would be, and the I barrel, got some pretty big a, hands, so yep. I got a little bit of advantage there, but I, I like to clamp the bag and, yep the night vision rail down and it just makes the gun just lock up rock solid for sure. Um, for sure. So I was pretty stoked when they came out with that and I got my hands on it and it's got a ton of other cool features too, that I'm pretty jacked about. Yeah. Um, that, was that the cool first match you ran that soon. at? Um, yeah. Yep. They literally got it to me like less than a week before I <laughs> that's what I thought went to Texas so I was pretty I, I took it to the range and shot it and, and threw the gun around to see if I could you know make any shifts or anything I was beating it up pretty good wanting to make 
dang sure that it was gonna run good in Texas, yep. and it, it did. Good. Okay. Cool. Um, so you come in with so, a new, yeah, was, new gear, but it's still a similar feel, same butt stock, same grip. So it's not a huge change. Just yeah. Some some minor tweaks. Not that a huge change. Help a lot. Yeah. yeah. And with with some more yeah. weight, weight too. You got those external weights too, so it's a little heavier than it was. Actually, uh, the way I ran it there was the same weight as my last one. I just it's just oh, okay. cool because you can move the weights around um, to balance it a little differently. Oh, okay. Got so. It. It didn't actually, I didn't run it any heavier than, um, the last chassis. It's just, I could actually balance the rifle, um, better because it's the way they have, uh, the chassis set up with those movable weights. Got it. Um, they're really slick. Okay. Um, so okay. yeah, it was, it was better in, in all aspects. Okay. Um, so other than that being new piece of gear, you roll in there with the same stuff, just dasher ready to roll. And yeah. Gun was hammering before I left the house. I was running an old lucky lot of D-Tacks me and used to oh, yeah. have a ginormous stash of. Lot but, 3550 uh, I, Tub. If you can go back in time and make more of those, you yes, should. Yes, please. David Tub, <laughs> if you could make lot 3550 again, yep. the exact same way, <laughs> I'll buy 10000 tomorrow. Or more. Um, we both, or more. We or maybe 100000 we, we split. Didn't we? Was it 5000 and we split those back in the day? Like a long um, time ago, I think it was five thousand. We a, each got twenty five hundred or yeah. four thousand. We got two. I don't know. We split four or uh, five thousand, and they crushed. Yeah, was, <laughs> or three thousand. Absolutely hammered and hammered. And you saved. I remember that he had ran. I, I, I you saved, I saved him for that match for a finale. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yep. and uh, they were they were shooting really stinking good. Yeah. Um, before time. I left, so I was, had a pretty good confidence going into Texas. Yep. So but after day one, now, you burnt you burned it down day one pretty good, right? Did you have any blow ups on day one? Or pretty consistent all day. No, I was I was doing good. I I knew I was sitting pretty good because I cleaned a lot of stinking stages. Yep. I, I'd only dropped a couple points day one, Jeez. so I knew I was sitting in pretty good shape. Um, and you had shot, but it was for, tough for, for guys that have been there. Stage 18 is the, the, the concrete pad where you shoot out to like 950 on these little tiny targets. And you had shot that day one and you'd done pretty well, right? Yeah. That was the one I dropped the most points. on. I, I dropped, I think four on that one, which, that is, 12. which is still really good. So I knew I did okay. Cause I, I'd watch guys get absolutely wrecked on it and i watched some other guys be pretty good so i was happy with an eight (laughs) and then you went and then you had stage two and three which were also tough and you didn't you hadn't you shot both of those on date day Um, one which was like the the car kyl rack at 50 yeah the cruiser yeah the tank traps and And then those moa plates on the way in i cleaned both cleaned both that that's insane um so I knew I was doing pretty good. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, because I, I cleaned two and I got a ten on three. So I, I did pretty Jeez, good. That's huge. Uh, okay. So then, uh, so da- so then you're setting in. Let's see. Tate's does he he has you by a couple after day one? Is that no? Well, it's so hard it cause cause shot because everybody stages. shot different stages. Yeah, no, you're right. I think it was. Um, no, I can't remember who was in first on day one. Oh, it was no, it was Matt Hornback. Well, that's tough because yeah, Hornback they were, was in first. They I were think so far second. off of stages. Okay, so you were leading Tate, and Tate was probably the closest to the stages that you had shot. Yeah, and I, I so I knew I was doing pretty good. Um, yeah, and I knew the second day was going to be a little easier, minus 
one particular stage. <laughs> stage nine, if you guys have been there, that stupid platform yeah. where you start at like 1,050 and then you shoot. It's like two shots per on six targets, 1,050, then like nine and eight, and then you switch to this other lane and you go like eight, nine, and 10. So it's mostly between like seven and 800 and 1,000. And it's that, anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. So, so, so day two, you've got f- five relatively easy stages and one hard stage, which is just prone. It's just hard because it's, it's hard to see misses and it's, and it's getting kind of windy out there. Oh yeah. It was, it was, uh, the wind was picking up, um, you know, from the stages leading up to that I was shooting, but it was all, you know, nothing too crazy, 300, 400 yard stuff, yep. you know, positional stuff. And I was working those over pretty good but i was watching the wind pick up and i, I just was <laughs> kind of like bite my lip and cross my fingers yep. like please just be steady yep when i get to that stage <laughs> i just yep. um i was hoping like crazy that it would just hold um and it was getting pretty pretty rowdy when when it was my time to shoot <laughs> i watched i watched a lot of people struggle yeah um, i think we shot it we shot it two stages before you. And on that first target, my first wind hold was three and a half mils of wind when I shot it or no, two and a half. This last match was three and a half. So it was two and a half on the, the, when we shot it then. And I was like, and it was just, it was blowing out there, but yeah, it was my second, it was my second, the last stage. And I knew, I knew I was in the lead the whole day too, until that stage. I was like, well, this is it. This is the whole this match. Is the stage. That's how that match, match is. It's like that <laughs> match comes down to stage, uh, two, nine and 18 and you shoot 18 and two yeah. back to back pretty much. So it's like, you have to, you have, you have to do well wind. on those stages. doesn't matter how good you shoot on the rest of them. You got to, you have to get lucky on especially on stage nine well nine and 18 but and so so what happened (laughs) oh man i mean it i just i pissed the wind gods off bad that day or something (laughs) (laughs) i we have all had i've had days oh yeah you know i've just just wrecked shop on long range stages because the wind was just in my favor it just holds for you and yeah it just holds and and that day it was not i I connected, I think my second shot because I missed off the left edge and then I connected Okay. Uh, second shot, made a correction, good impact. And then I started working my way to the next targets and I couldn't have bought <laughs> a hit if I had a trunk full of cash, couldn't have bought one. Every time I'd shoot and make a correction, the wind would just die and pick up. It was gusting so bad. I, <sighs> you'd sit there and wait and I, I just try to... I, I got so frustrated, I think, on my fourth target. I, I was like, all right, I'm going to time this. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I got to get some hits here because I knew how important the stage was. Yeah. So I was really focusing and, yeah, still couldn't still couldn't buy a hit. I, I, was, yeah. I was watching. I would shoot, make Ugh. correction off trace, and just couldn't get it couldn't get the wind to hold straight for me. Yeah. And, and I, I knew I'd burn a lot of time because I looked at my clock, and then I only had – and this was like a hail Mary shot. Like my last <laughs> shot on, on that stage, which is the smallest target, target, smallest target farther of the whole stage. <laughs> I, I had one second left and I was swinging. I was swinging <laughs> my wind hold across the plate of the target and pulled the trigger and it hit. And I was like, <laughs> well, 
<laughs> what do you what do you guess? <laughs> we'll take two. <laughs> I got a two out of twelve. Two out of twelve. Like, well, that's, and that's, that's how you lose a match, folks. And so. that's I wanted to throw up after that. I was so pissed. It's just demoralizing. But. So we so I shot that stage two stages before you, and the win held for me and I got a ten out of twelve. And and we just shot that exact match. It was one of the first PRS matches this year. So it was the Interall Championship at the end of last year. And we ju- I just got back from there. Um, and Jake and I were squatted up. The exact same thing happened. Shooting really good. I, I shot really well on day one, minus stage 18, which is another just prone. Got to get a little bit lucky. And beat me up a little bit, but I was still in it. And I get to that stage, 12-round stage, and I got a three. And I get first-round hit and send another one, and I'd miss by a mil. And I'd be like, what? And so I cut a bunch of wind out and get a first round hit, send another one, miss the other way by a half a mil. And I just, yeah, I got a three out of 12. And you instantly know, there's nothing you can do. Jake went up there uh, before me and got a one, a one out of 12. And we're shooting prone. (laughs) And then the guy after me goes up. I was like, man, I hit with this much wind. And he goes up after me and he gets a 10 out of 12 just because it held for him for two minutes. And you're just like, yeah. holy smokes. And so I got it. I got a good, I got a good run in the finale and I got a terrible, you know, a terrible one on the last match. And if I would have got a, if I would have got a 10 at the last match, I would have won the match. And it's, it all comes down to those, those stages. It's so frustrating. Yeah. I feel it's pain. frustrating. It hurts too. Cause <laughs> you just like one stage is all it takes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You burn yeah. it down on all the positional, all this movement, all the stuff that's, that's tough. You really got to make good trigger pulls. And then the one where it's just prone on a rear bag where there's no wobble, there's no nothing. And you just get crushed. <laughs> yeah. I got worked pretty good. Uh, we've all been there. So yeah, it happens to everybody. Yeah. You shoot this game long enough. You'll, you'll have those, but nonetheless, even with that, you burned it down and you held on to second for the, for the championship, which, which was awesome. So that was yeah, a that strong was a highlight still. So yeah, it was good. Strong finish for 20, 2019. So anyway, that's, yeah. a, that's pretty cool. So, um, let's, let's roll into, well, what have you been doing? You're getting ready for 2020. I know you've been chambering, chambering barrels like crazy, right? Yeah. I spent, uh, last weekend chambering barrels for the season. So I was cranking out all the match, match barrels. That's awesome. And, yeah with hopes maybe uh spin up a few more uh tinkering barrels <laughs> yeah i know we're always kind of brainstorming on uh what if we did this what if we did this is the uh, dash the best thing ever made probably but we can still I test know. other things so <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a that's an addicting uh problem sometimes yep. um, you can just have the freedom to build things you're like maybe i should build this yeah so you're playing kind of gets spirals out of control Oh, for sure. So you're playing mainly dashers, play with a 22BR a little bit. Um, yeah. And you shoot a lot of 223 Ackley, right? Yes. I love the 223 Ackley. Okay. Well, hands down, one of my favorite little cartridges. You and me both. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. In honor of episode 22, we'll talk about it. 22, three, <laughs> I don't know. That was horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, um, we, we both get questions about this cause I talk about it off and on a lot of guys train with, you know, some three Oh eights and some different rounds or just fire form in their dashers and stuff. But, but we like to shoot two, two, three a lot. When, when Brian comes over here, we, I generally have suppressors on just to be a little polite to the neighbors cause I shoot enough unsuppressed. So our trainers are, are suppressed. We shoot a lot of two twenty three. Um, Ackley 
And so let's just talk about that because you've been getting a pile of questions this week from, from a bunch of our friends and, and I get those questions quite a bit about the 223. So let's talk about the caliber a little bit. Let's talk about reloading. We don't have a lot of, we don't really write any notes down around this. So we're just going to kind of go where the conversation leads and, yeah, and take what you will. So, yeah, there's been lots of questions, you know, obviously I think the first one that, that comes to mind is do I do two to three Ackley or two to three? And when, you know, there's a lot of people that spread the, the, the myth that, you know, once you do two, two, three Ackley, you can't shoot two, two, three anymore. I, I don't know what the deal with that is. <laughs> Guys will, well, well, yeah, but what if I want to shoot factory ammo? We'll put the factory ammo in the gun and shoot it. And, and it, it shoots awesome still. And yeah. It hammers. Yep. They shoot, they almost shoot better when you're fire forming. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they shoot really um, good. So let's talk, okay, quickly, uh, pros, and, pros and cons. Both The reason we went with Ackley was mainly we didn't want to spend a bunch of time trimming cases. And the 223 case with the volume that we're shooting them is going to stretch out, and the Ackley does not. So we, I never trim my 223 brass. I don't know if you have. No, I don't. And and that was the thing. I built a 223 uh, just as a standard to begin with, and mm-hmm. it was a hammer. Yep. I mean, it shot freaking awesome. But I was trimming brass, kid you not, every single firing. I couldn't believe Jeez. how much brass. I mean, I must have had just some rare brass, but the stuff was soft as spaghetti because it was growing like eight seven to eight thousandths per firing okay okay so in, in length and just in like i needed to trim it and i was like holy smokes um okay so so that's a, I, the pr- there's one that's one pro is with the ackley is is brass is is it doesn't grow the i guess okay let's talk about the only for me the only pros of the two two three is if you you can shoot it in tat class. So if you so if you want to shoot tat class, it needs to be a two twenty three. Um, yeah. And so there there's that. And then the other pro, I guess, of two twenty three, there's there's uh, there's well, probably we'll more here. reamers Everybody and dies. has that yeah. same. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, stop you there. Everybody yep. has that. Well, what if I want to shoot tack? Everybody I've talked to that has built a two two three that uses it for trainer has never ever shot tack with it agreed <laughs> so <laughs> agreed. it's like maybe one out of a hundred people that have built them might go shoot tack with it and 100 you know what i mean so it's i yes. guess in your in the back of your head if you have that little ace in your pocket and you want to go shoot a tack class i mean if you're really dedicated and that's what you want to do then i'd say do two two three yeah but if you're just solely for training purposes and want to just have a fun little gun to shoot then I mean, for me, it's a no-brainer. It's yep. two to three, exactly. I can't uh, agree more. So, okay, so that's why we like the two two three. Um, dies are a little bit harder to find, but it's not bad. Uh, um, what die? What dies are you running on the on the Ackley? So I am running Redding, okay. and I was back in the day when I because we built these quite a few years ago. Yep. And at the time I was, oh, I was dead set on reading bushing dies. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I bought and they've been working fine. I did had to, I had to modify mine a little bit to work with the Dylan, but, yep. um, I did this, I did the same thing. That, okay. So um, I, started I just with, wasn't getting the bump. I wasn't getting the bump that I wanted. That's what um, I, I was because having of the, the shell plate on the yep. Dylan. Yep. So I had the same problem with the Redding. Um, I have Redding. I, I like those dies, but I bought a super set che- or super cheap set of Lee dies, and they fit on the Dylan grade as far as getting the shoulder bump. 
and they're dirt cheap. They're nothing special by any means, but they work good. So I, I don't know. I dies are not a huge deal. Um, so um, what both of us have have for a long time we've used Winchester brass and have pretty yeah. good luck with it. What was it? Talk about, talk about you. You bought some Remington brass. Was it Remington? You bought that big bulk box of. Well, I did, and I was having issues with it, and I couldn't figure out if if it was the bullets, the brass, and I just gave up. I was, I went and grabbed a box of my Winchester stuff, um, and swapped some stuff around, and it was shooting awesome. So I'm like, well, I'll just save it for shooting ARs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the Winchester stuff has been awesome, except for you can't find it anymore. I can't yeah. find the big bulk boxes of Winchester; is non-existent. So. Um, it has I've been, been hard to come looking, by. I've been looking for other, um, other brass at the moment, I should say, cause I'm yep. getting, getting a little tired on the recent lot. Yeah. I've got a lot uh, of firings on my Winchester. It's been great. It's been super easy and very accurate. I'm yeah, gonna, you probably have what? 20 firings on your Winchester. I, I've got a lot, stuff gets hammered. a lot of firings on, on my current. Cause I've only, I only normally I do a big batch, but on this one, I've only got like two, 250 pieces. And so I'll rip through that pretty fast. And so it's been reloaded. Yeah. 20 times or so, but I just, I ordered some Lapua 223. Just, I was always like, I'm not doing that, but with the amount of firings I'm getting out of this brass, I was like, man, if Lapua forms up good and shoots good, I might just do it like a, a, like a lot of 500 or a lot of a thousand of those. And that's going to last me a long, long time. So if that Lapua shoots good, I might switch over and be a little bit of a brass knob with the trainer. But the more I shoot, the more I just, I think brass is such an important and such an important foundation for accuracy. It's, it's huge. Well, it is until you get to the two, two, three act. I don't know. This thing's magical. Cause Oh, it's, I mean, even with Dylan loads, this I, I, I've never had a gun shoot so accurately yeah. <laughs> with zero like effort to make it shoot accurate. It's just the craziest thing. Yep. Um, they've been good. What 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 barrels are you using? Really what, what twist? What what are you doing on those? Uh, so I'm using proof uh, one and seven twist. Yep. Uh, barrels. Um, and I think the last all my all my barrels I've been one and sevens. One and sevens. You had a, you, didn't you have yeah. a couple Rock Creek, a couple Rock Creeks, and then the first a couple the first one I did was on a Rock Creek and the yeah, Cam Haynes. Rip Cam Cam Haynes. Yep. Yep. That, that one. That, that, one, that, one just, that was just kept hammering. <laughs> yeah, that one hammered. We shoot like bug hole groups uh, at your house or wherever I took that thing. It didn't matter where, and just oh. shot so stinking good. It was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So and we flog on that thing, <laughs> smoking hot, and it just keeps shooting dart holes. I, I remember when we took it to that telebook match, and after the match was over, we sat there like, "I've got some rounds." We're like, "Get it out!" And so we just took turns yeah. and shot. Well, we burned through three hundred rounds, <laughs> and, and without stopping. I mean, we were just, and it was just hammered. It was that was fun. So okay, so we're both we're running similar deals recently. Like, so what I started with was I set seven twists. Same. I've had rock creeks. I've had proofs. Um, going to spin up some benchmarks as well. And they've all shot really, really well. So uh, what I did in the past was 26 inch, um, just to keep the same as my comp gun, which is kind of silly cause I'm running a suppressor on this and I don't on my comp gun. So it ends up being like, I don't know, 30, whatever with the, with the suppressor. And you recently experimented with chopping them down a little shorter and have been having pretty good luck with them, uh, shorter as well. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I ran 26 and then I cut this one down to 22 
And with my suppressor on there, it's the same length as my match guns. Yep. Um, and you've been so, happy with that, and you haven't lost a whole a whole lot of speed with it either, right? No, I couldn't believe. Yeah, it's it's maintained pretty stinking good speed for four inches that I chopped off it. Okay. Um, and so, I don't. And both of us don't run them very, you know, ragged edge either. I mean, no, we're, we're not Kevin. Sort of we're not Kevin Ditto in our two twenty threes. <laughs> once fired yeah, um, yeah you don't need it you don't need to worry about brass because you only get one fire and when you run them at 3300 feet a second so uh, <laughs> no um yeah we do we do run relatively conservative that was just more of a barrel like comment was like it's not super critical the seven twists have been good um but if you guys want to run it you know a 20 a 22 24 26 they've all you know we've gone 22 to 26 really well um, and I think that's another thing to bring up, like, you know, people talk about recoil, um, mm-hmm. you know, not having enough recoil to match your match gun, but will with our suppressors, mm-hmm. we found that the recoil is pretty stinking similar. Yep. Um, or you can run it with no brake. You just run a regular, um, you know, non-break and you're going to get plenty of recoil out of it. That's a really good comment. I was talking to Jake, we're talking about, I was like, man, we need to talk about 22s for episode 22. And I was like, but I want to get a couple guys that do, have done that a lot more. So we'll do that later. But I was, we're talking about the pros and cons of training with a 22. And I think there's, there's definitely a lot of pros. Um, you can train in there, shorter range. You can work on building positions, but there's zero recoil. And so that is a downside uh, of training. You can well, get, you can get a little sloppy. zero. There is, re, there is recoil. But it's, um, like I said, you could if you run it with a break no 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 i'm saying almost 22 <laughs> 22 long rifles oh, 22 long rifles yeah. yeah well that's that's way different yeah. yeah so that's you can you know 100 yards and in you can build your positions and you and you really have almost zero recoil with a comp with a chassis and, and all your, your normal comp yeah. stuff as a trainer the two what you said about the 223 i think is a is a really good point you know the the, the push for managing recoil with the 308 that's what jake does i think it's a great idea um I can just shoot two twenty three for cheaper. Shooting three hundred eight is a great idea. Yep, but when that's you, where it came for me. It was cost, and I don't want to burn up a ton of powder. Like you're, me too. You're shooting twice as much powder in a three hundred eight, and yep. powder is kind of a real um, commodity these days with the yeah. shortages we're having. So yeah, it can get hard to get the stuff. We you don't need. talk about powder anymore, John. <laughs> Brian is scolding me. I'm not allowed to talk about what components I use. Uh, for shooting. So, <laughs> um, so, but no, with, I totally agree. When I run my, my two twenty three um, with a suppressor, I, th- I have as much and maybe more recoil than I do with my dash or comp gun. For one, my two twenty three weighs a little bit less. Um, and my suppressor is full of carbon and does a terrible job. Um, the and suppressor is like a cherry bomb exhaust. It, it doesn't really do much of anything. It's used. It's, 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 it's done a good job. Old gym tech sandstorm with about a hundred thousand rounds through it. So anyway, and then the set, yeah, without a break, it's a similar thing. So if you're not shooting suppressed, just don't put a break on it. So try to get as much recoil as you can out of it to match your comp gun. I think that's a really good point. Um, so we're just, we're both running them in our same, you know, I'm running in my MDT, you're running in your XLR and we use it as a trainer and it's, man, we, I, we shoot a lot at my house. Brian will come down and we'll just do drills. Um, I shoot with Brian probably more than anybody else in Oregon here. Um, and we just do drills 
with that thing we'll just go back and forth we'll pick a stupid stage that we should clean that's that's tough and we'll go back and forth and back and forth until we clean it and and then you know just build positions we'll do all kinds of stuff with it but it's 600 yards and in and I feel like you know it's such a good such a good caliber for that you know we do a lot of shooting in that three and four hundred range and um I just I don't know I can't it's just it works really 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 good for that out to 600 yards you're not giving up much with those rifles no it's a near twin to my dasher honestly um you know out to there so um do you want to talk about what bullets you use or no um (laughs) well since i have uh like 10,000 of them sitting here i could i guess i could talk about it okay okay what bullets Um, bullets are you using (laughs) but i mean they there's a the cool thing about that is there's a ginormous array of bullets that just absolutely shoot good so Agreed. i don't feel like you know i run the 75 eldm hornadies yep um i used to run the amaxes back in the day when they made them mm-hmm. and they just work in my gun absolutely amazing and i think yep. some people have different results i've heard some people say they couldn't get them to shoot but the 75 grain boat tail hollow points they make are really stinking good and they're even cheaper and they're cheap yeah a little less bc um, but when you little if, less BC, if you got a target at three or four hundred yards it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all i mean i know the guys that are training with with 50 like 55s um which have a terrible bc but you know they're shooting their 200 yard steel but you still get the the same action as your comp gun you still get recoil you still get muzzle blast you, you know you still get that feel yep. so it just and, it, there's a lot of options i've shot a lot of i shot a ton of 75s i've shot a lot of 77 grain custom comps from nosler i've shot some of their 70 what those rdf 70 or 77 70 grain 70, 70 grain, grain rdfs those um, shot good make 85s yep those shot really good there's a ton of like two to three bullets there's just a plethora that just shoot really good Burgers the nice got, thing got i like the about the hornadies yeah is i buy them in those 3500 yep. uh, bulk boxes yep so you get them for a much deeper discount yeah um, you know, instead of going and buying a box of a hundred, if you could just save up and bite the bullet and spend, I think it's like 400 bucks or it, maybe it's like close maybe it's 500 bucks for a ginormous bulk box of 3,500. It's uh, it's pretty handy. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the way to go. I've shot a bunch of those. Um, but that's the, what is that? 35. What, what is, I was, I, I was going to do the, was it? Would you say like four hundred and fifty oh, bucks it, divided by thirty five hundred? I think it comes out to like seventeen. No, it's 30, or, yeah, thir- maybe thirteen cents a shot. So, I mean, you're rivaling twenty two ammo, <laughs> almost high end twenty two ammo. So, um, I know I, I have a hard time even thinking about shooting twenty two ammo when these are almost the same price, and I can shoot way further. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're a fun, they're a super fun round. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if we want to talk about reamer spec. I don't even know. Do you know? We have a short free board. You know what? Does yeah, it... and that's the thing. Like the the first one, we, the first Ackley I had done was on a very short free board reamer. Yep. Um, I'm sure we could get way more performance out of. You know, For sure. Using a longer one, but man, this works so stinking good. I told myself, Mike, I'm just gonna stick yeah, with why the short free board. It? it works good, <laughs> and just keep doing it the same thing because. I wouldn't change a single thing. It shoots that good. So, yeah. um, and, the, and then you can also mag feed them. So we both use accurate mags and they've got a, a like a plastic plastic in, in the front. Insert. 
and we we just we cut that we cut a little notch out of that plastic insert so the bullet tip feeds. So you really wouldn't want to have that much longer of a free bore because you'd probably run into feeding issues like mag length issues. Well, so you can run quite a bit longer than what we do, yeah. um, just because my two two three was super long. Yeah. Um, but like the la- uh, Cam Haynes barrel, I shoot. I think the first couple inches of the <laughs> rifling was gone. <laughs> it had to be. I mean, I was jumping those bullets. God only knows how far, but they still shot good. So yeah, hammered. Um, okay. I'm not giving. A, I don't worry about the performance so much. Uh, with speeds. Yeah. Um, I'm shooting the last 26 inch barrels. I was shooting at 30.50, and this one, I'm shooting at 29.75. I think. Yeah. I've tried uh, to keep this one's super respectable it is i mean it, like i think on mine's run 30 20 which is it's the same dope as 600 as my dasher and so um generally i, I it just shot good here so i left it but i like to keep it closer 20 and 50 or a little just conservative because we do run them hot i do abuse them i mean i'm I, i'm i'm not easy on the gun it, li- it lives outside um up by the barricade and it uh it uh, just, that's how you blow guns up <clears throat> yeah bugs crawl down the barrel sometimes and then you shoot without knowing the bar- bug barrels has bugs in it so that happens yeah, 20 june bugs in the barrel. <laughs> oh, or the chain i don't know what that was but it was that um okay so and then any pro like you run cci 400s right uh no i'm i still i gotta figure that out i'm running some old stock tula um, oh i forgot you still had those dude i'm so bummed those are down to my last thousand um they're the small uh magnum primers okay so you might go to 450s then i yeah i might it'd be kind of nice because i can just run the same primer for everything yeah that's uh, not a bad idea i've I've shot pretty much whatever goes on sale i've shot piles of winchester primers which is nice because they're gold and yours are silver so it's easy to tell our brass apart um i've shot a lot of cci 400s i've shot federals i've shot 450s i they all shoot the same so i mean i don't know that hasn't been an issue i would i wouldn't mind having a bunch of tulas though i've shot those in the past those things were awesome primers so um yeah if anybody knows a giant stockpile of those let us know (laughs) (laughs) yeah those are long gone kind of like normal dasher brass um um okay so we've both been running those we've probably shot the last couple years two three four barrels out i think i probably on my third i don't even know fourth or fifth barrel you shot a bunch um and then one question um one one of the questions we talked a lot about is dylan's and reloading on dylan's because we've that's how we crank out ammo i'm not going to sit there and go through the tedious processes of what i do for my dasher with single staging and being super anal and careful about everything the if i'm going to shoot the trainer i want it to be as easy as possible yes we could probably get it even better than we do but the the performance we get out of them has been more than adequate for practice and we're doing it on dylan's and so a lot of the questions that uh both of us get um we're doing things relatively similar um is is around reloading is um is there anything else you want to cover about the 223 athlete itself before we jump into reloading part 
No, I think that pretty much covers it. <clears throat> the mystery powders we won't talk about anymore. <laughs> yeah, but we, that was one of the rules about the podcast, so we can't talk about um, what powder we use. So everybody already knows it, but it is what it is. It's hard to get, and so we're we're both about out of it, so we're all freaking out. So I'm switching to Trail Boss. <laughs> <laughs> we're shooting subs from now on to work on our wind calls. Subsonics. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, Dylan's, um, I started with a 550, uh, great little press. It was, I don't know how it was super old press. I, I did that a little bit and I'm like, man, if the 650 is faster, we'll do that. So I switched to a 650, um, uh, and I did get a case feeder. And so that was my first big improvement was I went from the, I never did single stage with 223 because I had that 550. So I started on a 550 and when I switched to a 650 with a case feeder, uh, I was in heaven. Um, uh, it's, it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And so I, let's see here, just getting everything set up. It's pretty basic. You give your size die in the first station, obviously, um, well, you do it. You do it differently than I do. So I, I'm a little more particular about my okay. You go through three ammo, and yeah, maybe you, that's why you mine are. shoots tighter groups than yours. No, <laughs> it's true. I, I, I do shoot um, because I can shoot at my house. I do shoot mine a lot more than Brian does, and um, so he's got like I just don't care as much. And his generally almost always hands down shoots better than mine. Mine shoots plenty good for practice, but I think you could take his to a comp and, and not really notice a difference between a dasher and his two twenty three. So, so mine, well, I let Ben borrow it at that two day PRS. Match oh, that's right. He still made top 10 with it. He burned it down. <laughs> yeah. And so, so mine, so my kind of accuracy requirements is I want to be able to hit, I have an Ipsic, well, I've got an eight inch at 600 yards and I'd like to be able to hit that. If there was no wind, I'd like to be able to hit that every time. So, um, I've definitely had times where I, where I would not hit that plate every time, but I, the target I shoot the most is a four inch at 360 and I want to be able to hit that target every time. And pretty much I got to mess something up pretty bad, which has happened, but, um, I got to mess it up pretty bad to not be able to hit that, that four inch at 360 off a of barricade, which is, you know, which is around MOA and, you know, at that range. And, and that's pretty rough reloading that I'll talk about in a minute, but you go, go through yours, um, on the, on the more detailed side. And then I'll just, and then we'll talk about what I, I do. guess we can go over mine and then you can yep. just cut out a bunch of steps for yours. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, I like to pour powder yes. in and scrape off the tops. So You're pretty close. To that. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, obviously I'm, I don't like having case lube in my chamber. So I, I size all mine with a different, uh, you know, tool head. a whole different setup tool head. So yeah, I, I size with one tool head. Um, so what's, in, the, goes, what's so in that tool head? Quick. Um, so yeah, this is, you probably make fun of me for this, but yeah, I got the <laughs> bushing die in there <laughs> yep. and then I got uh, in station one, Okay. And then station three, kind of kitty corner, I run a mandrel. Okay. Um, do you have a decapping and, die or no. do you decap in size at the same time? Uh, yeah, decap in size. Okay. At the same time. So okay. I just, I run, and that's it. That's, those are the two things. No, that's not, um, that's not bad. There's no downside to having as many. You could run a decapping die you can and, run and separate those. As, There's no downside to it at all. If you got, I mean, no. you guys know how Dylan, Dylan's work. And 
do you do you adjust your dies in stage three? Do you adjust them down so they come in contact with the plate to hold it as flat as possible? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's why I kind of kitty corner it, just yep. so it keeps you know kind of kind of equal pressures. Agreed. Um, and then the, it goes so fast that with a case feeder you can burn through you know hundreds of cases in twenty minutes. I mean, yeah. just, I just crank it out and then I go throw it in the tumbler and go so, eat dinner. And you're, and, then, and you're spread, you're doing lube with, uh, with lanolin alcohol mix, right? Yeah. I just do the lanolin alcohol mix. Okay. Um, so lanolin alcohol buy stuff off, buy it off Amazon and you make a whole ton of lube for yep. a long time. Okay. Um, well, let's back up a so minute. Though. Like, back up a minute. Yeah. Are you taking, so you're taking, we're up at the range, you shoot, you've got your box of empties. What do you do? What do you do with those? Are you cleaning them first? Um, typically I do, but the two to three stuff, it stays pretty clean. Um, okay. cause I'm kind of tidy unless it gets muddy and then I'll rinse it in ultrasonic or something. I'll okay. just, cause I got that big ultrasonic. I just throw it in there and go eat dinner and come out and rinse them off. Um, but so you're yeah, not, usually, t- you're not cleaning every time then. Uh, no, okay. no. And probably hardly ever. Cause okay. your house is gravel. It's pretty clean. And then, yep. um, at Cosa, it's freaking super clean. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, so do that, size them, tumble them. And then in my loading station, I got a decapper die in station one, and that's to knock out any uh, media that's stuck in the primer pocket. Yep. And so I, I do that. And then it goes to powder, obviously. Um powder sense then i got the bullet feeder drops bullet that was our next step when we went from dylan's with the case feeder i got a bullet feeder and i was like this thing is magic (laughs) and that was that was a big those things are awesome mr bullet feeder is what it's called at at this point it's uh it's pretty automatic other than you have the auto drive but i can't stomach yeah spending that much money if i could just pull the handle for free yeah um i agree <laughs> Looks sort of but yeah that's basically it and then and then the, obviously the cedar die um yep and that just cranks everything out and it's ready to shoot okay. <laughs> um obviously you i don't know i always check every um, first couple rounds out of the deal and i don't touch anything so yeah it just sits upstairs but i usually I'll, i have a couple dummy cases that i if the Dylan's been sitting a long time, I'll throw a couple of the first powder charges out because they will sit and compact down in the, yep. into the hopper there. So do that. Um, so I don't get any crazy charges, check the charges and then just let her, let her eat. Yep. And that hammers. So one thing I, I do have some steps that people are like, what for trainer ammo? And it mainly is in regard to annealing, but do, are you annealing your, your brass? Oh yeah. Um, not every time I know you do every time, but I, I think I do it like every other time. And you've got a bench source, so you got to sit there and feed each one. I probably, yeah, I, well, I, you can throw like eight or 10 on the plate, and, yep. but I'm usually cleaning a gun or something and just throwing a handful in every, every yep. minute or something. Yep. And so I, so Okay. Anything else before I go into mine? That's that's pretty much it. Um, and you put them in your little plastic boxes, and then they hammer. 
Yeah. Yep. That's That's okay. So the difference, what I do different is, um, I anneal every single time because I did, and, and I'm using, so for one, I'm starting with Winchester brass. That was, I think was shot out of machine guns. And so it's, it's been, had a hard life already. And so when I wasn't annealing, I was seeing the neck split. Um, I have a Gerard annealer, which is I can load the the whole hopper. I could throw I don't know how many five six hundred pieces fit in that of two twenty three, and I just turn it on and let it run. So I'll just I'll just load that hopper when I'm out prepping dash or brass or cleaning guns or doing anything, and I'll just turn it on and let it run out in the shop. And um, so it's I do anneal every single time, um, but it doesn't take any time, and it's it's really easy. It takes me a couple minutes to load the hopper and then I'm done and all anneals. And so uh, I just, with that brass was getting split next. That's why I did that. And so my process is, um, I shoot it up top. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about fire forming after this, um, which is not much of a conversation, but so I'm assuming this is brass is already formed. I shoot it. I throw it in. I've got a big plastic bin, like a big Dylan bin type of thing that I just throw all the empties in. Um, I'll come down and throw it in the tumbler, big Dylan tumbler with corn cob, lime and green media. It works pretty good. And Ooh, I yeah, just that stuff is the good stuff. It's good. And it's in that giant Dylan tumbler. And I just chuck as much brass as it will fit in there and turn it on. And then I forget about it. Like all, I don't care if it runs all night. I don't care. And then go out in the morning, shut it off. Um, you know, before work or whatever. And it's super clean. Uh, throw it in the annealer. Um, as soon as it comes out of the kneeler, I put it in a big flat box spray. I use one shot Hornady, one shot, that aerosol lube, go outside or out in open air in the shop, spray it down, let it set. And I, I have a Dylan. I just changed it to a 750 because when you, I have an auto drive, which is a, a machine that it's automatic. It runs the, runs the press. <laughs> and, um, so the downside, there's upsides and downsides. The downside is there's no feel when you prime on a Dylan on the downstroke, you can feel the primer seat. And when you're when a machine's running it, it's not that smart. So it's popped a couple primers for whatever reason, something goes in sideways or something that you would feel if you were running by hand. So a lot of the issues that I have, you would never run into if you ran it by hand, cause you'd feel, you'd feel the pressure without forcing it. And so I've popped a couple of primers on the 650 and the way that the old primer disc was, they'd chain react and blow the whole tube. Um, and the 750 came out with a different priming system, which is not as good as the 650, except that it's safer because it isolates the primer more. So kind of a bummer to switch to the, yeah. the new press. The 650s are awesome. Um, but so, for, what? <laughs> um, keep going, keep going. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so, um, I spray all this stuff. I throw it in the hopper, the case feeder, turn it on. It's feeding. It feeds, um, station one. I do it all in one pass. I have a, I have a cheap Lee <laughs> size decap die. Station two is my powder, my powder, uh, station, uh, station three is empty, but I want to get a powder check in there. Um, and then, uh, station four is the bullet feeder and, and sets the, the, the bullet on top of the case and station five is the bullet cedar and it goes out. So I just, um, load a bunch of primer tubes and turn, let this thing rip. So I just turn it on. And then, so I'll have, 
you know, I can do if I'm annealing dash or brass or doing whatever. It's the same as when I'm annealing. I can anneal my brass without messing with it, and I can load it without messing with it. So if I just throw in 300 pieces, then I just go work on my dasher, and a little bit later, 300 pieces is done. All I got to do is top off the – keep an eye on the bullets, up in the hopper, and the and the primers, et cetera. So I do it all in one fell swoop. Um, and then when I'm done – I throw loaded ammo in my tumbler to get the to get the one shot off, <laughs> and I'll run it for ten fifteen minutes, usually ten minutes, and just get that one one shot's not that sticky anyway. Lanolin's more is a lot more slippery, and one shot comes off pretty quick. So um, I haven't had any problems with it. I don't let it run yeah. run very long. Um, you know, obviously there's some case lube on the neck and there's different variables that I can't control when I do it that way. But generally, if I do a little bit of load development and get, and get that Dylan set up really well, it shoots plenty good for what for what I need to do, um, especially with those, you know, those, those I was, those I was the two times I've been in your house you've tried to kill me was during this process. You yep. almost blew us up with primers. With primers, yeah. Well, it wasn't me. It was, the, it was the robots. Me. It was, it was, you, suff- uh, you suffocated me out, I think, twice with no, the one shot. I sprayed in your that. Reloading room. I do never have sprayed that in my I reloading room. I chewed your ass because never I have sprayed die. that in my reloading room. I've sprayed it Probably outside my reloading room in the relatively enclosed area, but never in my reloading room. <laughs> <laughs> this stuff's horrible. <laughs> Go outside yeah. when you spray that stuff. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so that's my um, that's my process. We we do a lot of things similar. We it's it's been fun. Like getting you know, hey, this thing works really good. This works really good. You just got some new parts for your bullet feeder that help the longer seventy fives feed even more consistently. So you tested that out and. And oh, yeah. got the. I tried the bullet feeder, and that seemed to work. Right now, I'm playing with that double alpha primer tube filler that the new one they just came out with. I jury's still out a little bit. It's pretty good. It's not quite 100. percent So I'm playing with that. If that if that ends up getting to be you know a couple more thousand primers working well, you know that would be something worth doing. There's little yeah, things like need, that you can speed up. We need that up. to be working really good for yep. when we get pistols rolling. So exactly, Atlas, if you're listening, <laughs> um, we'll yeah. build you a 223 trainer in exchange uh, Atlas, for some open yes. guns <laughs> or or whoever. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we've been doing a little dreaming of the USPSA. So um, let's talk fire. 2011s. Forming. Yeah, 2011s. Uh, let's talk fire for me really quick, which is pretty much not a discussion. Like with dashers, you either need to fall shoulder or you need to make sure your bullet's jammed, which I just I just jam my bullet and shoot. But with 223s, they seem pretty easy to fire form. Well, so there's a difference there. So yep. 223 Ackley is uh, it's an Ackley case design. So yep. they were designed... Um, if chambered properly, when you put a two, two, three round in there, it will basically shoulder up against the Ackley, um, uh, shoulder chamber wall. So you really don't need a false shoulder if it's cut properly to the brass that you got. I mean, that's how I do mine. I just, I take all virgin brass that's sized what what I want and I put it in the chamber and it will have a very light resistance, um, on the clothes. And it basically, Um, if you get somebody who goes in after the fact and just cuts the two, two, three out and hand reams it out with a Ackley reamer, 
you're going to have a little bit longer chamber and uh, some people we know are running issues with that and yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting light primer strikes all the time. Yep. So yep. Um, if it's chambered properly, uh, two, two, three Ackley is a piece of cake. You yep. just throw any two, two, three ammo you want and it'll shoot. <laughs> yeah. I've taken uh, factory Hornady match stuff and it shoots freaking phenomenal. I've taken some 55 green VMAX like AR ammo that I've had loaded forever and shockingly it just hammers as well. So it's um, pretty, pretty stinking good with uh, yep. straight 2D3. Yep. Yep. I agree. It's been, it's been super easy. It's just, yeah. If you've got any 2 3 ammo used to it, it's pretty easy to turn it into Ackley and then you don't have to trim. So again, yep. that's the big pro is, is, is less maintenance, even though we're kneeling and doing some stuff, um, you know, to keep it soft, it's, it's easy if you got automatic annealer, but even though we're doing some of those steps, we're not trimming and we're getting uh, piles of firings out of cheap Winchester brass. So super cheap yeah it's been it's been fun and we do a lot of drills i mean we do i mean just sit there just to learn spinners like the other day you were here and whatever you can shoot spinners fine but they're up in your head a little bit and so i was like i got a little complacent (laughs) take those 50 rounds and just shoot spinner and you just you, you know it's just such an easy round you're not worrying about you know burning out your six or at least i i burn up anywhere from 250 to 300 rounds when i come to your house and that's usually what i bring and then we usually shoot more because we shoot pistols or something other stupid stuff we do low development so just in two to three in a practice day that's 250 300 easily easily yeah yeah and you're not you don't worry about barrel life let's talk about barrel life for a little bit we i don't really know it's just a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know you don't keep track, but I, I'm pretty I, sure I did early I, on and now I don't as much. Um, we're, we're probably 4,500 to 5,000. Yep. That's where I would put it. And yeah. and they're still shooting. Okay. But you'll start to see some funky stuff and, and barrels getting pretty cracked up and, the, and that's, and that's not 4,500 like easy rounds, like not even 4,500 comp rounds where you're just doing 10 round strings. Like, we get them hot and in the summertime, like they don't cool down, they don't cool down. So these are getting ran hot. Um, pretty, you know, yeah, it probably are, goes, it probably, yeah, it probably get a lot more barrel life. If you treat it nice. I, oh yeah. I could go a long, long them, time. That's, uh, yeah. That's and we're also pretty number. picky about accuracy. Like they're not shooting terrible at 45. They're just not quite doing what they could. You're like, man, this is probably time for a fresh one. Like what could a new one? And then you get in your head, well, what could a new one do? Maybe it could one hole and then you start over, but <laughs> they, they go for a long time. So that's another pro. It's not 308 barrel life, but it's for as hard as we shoot them. They, it's, it lasts a long time. So, you know, you buy a big bulk box of 75s or whatever, you know, three, 4,000 bullets. It's that barrel's going to last the distance. And, and you'd have to shoot a lot to shoot those, you know, shoot those up in a year. You'd be shooting every week and stuff like that. So, um, you get a lot of practice out of them. Um, absolutely. What else? Anything else? I feel like we're, we're hitting this pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. Um, like I said, we're working on, I'm going to be playing with Lapua brass. That's new. Um, I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah. And that's not, I think, I don't even know retail. We looked that up. It's not terrible price. If it, if it lasts a long time, and as tough as all other Lapua brass is, it, you know, it's, it's, their two, two, three brasses is, is pretty, is a pretty good price. I want to say 50, well, let, 50 bucks a hundred or something. 
we can, we can just let them know if it works good. Yeah. If so, it works too good, we won't let you know. That's true. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you don't hear from us, it means it works really good. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But, um, anyway. I'm pretty sure that stuff's pretty plentiful. Yep. At yep. the moment. Yep. I better buy some when I got the phone. Yeah. Or else it's going to turn into Winchester. So. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what, uh, anything else you want to cover on your, on your inaugural, uh, interview? I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we talk all oh, the time man. and we talked how half the day I was out spraying and you were working on your you job five, six times a day BS and about some random, whatever all the time. So, um, Anyway, I appreciate you coming on and and and, yeah. and, and doing a little bit. I'm sure we'll do, we'll do this more. I want to, like we said earlier, I want to try to get more of these. Got to get more content out. I'm, I was mad. We were on. I, was, I actually got to go to Hawaii. I've never been. It was really a fun time with with my wife and and some friends down there. And um, I was just mad. I was like, God, we haven't had podcasts out for like three weeks or something. And I was like driving me crazy. So I really want to work on getting more out. So. Brian's really, like I said, real technical and stuff. So he'll be a good, a good one to bounce off that kind of stuff. There's a lot of other stuff I already, I already want to talk about, but we're not going to talk about tonight. Probably we'll, we'll, we'll wait for another time, but save it for next time. Yeah. Yeah. But so what's, uh, in, in kind of wrapping up here, what's, uh, when's your next match? What are you, what are you planning? Um, um, it's going to be a pretty busy, uh, spring. I, I, kind of stacked a whole bunch of matches a lot has to do with the timing and then also they're all drive to and they're all nice like local to me so i'm i'm gonna go shoot the idaho match nrl idaho and prs match um oh man i'm shooting all the washington matches going to norcal um gotta get a new sweatshirt oh dude i can't wait mine's getting a little uh a little scuzzy it's pretty old i've never had one i'm excited so they got famous yeah. sweatshirts, I guess, at that match. I'll so probably steal yours. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it's going to be let's see, May, J- April, May, and June. I'm pretty slammed. Cool. Hopefully, Jenny doesn't kill me. <laughs> She's cool, like we said earlier. So yeah, and you're taking her to Hawaii, so you're you're getting some brownie points beforehand. So yep, we're gonna go enjoy the great state of Hawaii here. There we weeks. go. Love it. Love it. Okay. And then, um, um, mainly dashers gonna this year, gonna play with anything else. What have you been thinking about? Um, uh, man, I, well, I, I got a 22 BR, another one built. Um, okay. I'm going to play around with that a little bit. Um, I know everybody's been asking me if I'm going to shoot at matches and there's a bunch of stuff that I build that I may or may not ever shoot in matches, but yeah, <laughs> I like, I like building guns. Yep. Um, and so I'm playing around. I got some six, five PRC I'm messing with. Sweet. Um, and obviously 300 Norma stuff I'm going to mess with. I'm 308. Oh um, yeah. Cause I'm going to come out strong in tack class, <clears throat> maybe 2021. Watch out tack shooters. Um, going down yeah. <laughs> hey you could do that you could do the like the well, i don't know what they call it, the holy grail you could shoot a production rifle in attack caliber holy smokes well, i'd have to get my guns uh up on market i guess i'm gonna have to i got a lot of paperwork to do to get get that going <laughs> you got some work to do production pens, pens production guys I <laughs> so i don't know if i'll be able to make more than one yeah good luck um, yeah that's probably right now you're gonna have to buy yourself a savage so yeah, <laughs> anyway um, cool well i'll be i want to we'll, we'll do it again we'll talk about we'll probably talk about 22 br a little bit it's kind of it's a cool little round too so i don't know yeah we'll hit that up on the next one yep 
But anyway, I appreciate you bouncing. You you and I have shot more two two three than anybody I know. So I'm I'm really glad you came on and 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 gave your gave your angles. We kind of went through that whole thing together, and and uh, it's been a it's super fun. We get a lot of questions about it because I because I talk about it as a trainer, and you, you know talk about it, especially with your Dylan setup. You get a lot of questions with that. So hopefully this will help some guys out on how to set it up. The six fifty is great. The five fifty works is super fast too. I mean it's any any of those Dylan presses are going to work really well for you guys um yeah. and and you can still single stage them but you know whatever it's just talking. but the day that you try a progressive press will be probably the last day you single stage a practice round ever is a game changer we need to do some more tech man for last year i prepped a bunch of dasher brass on my 650 with a case fear it was so fast well, um, maybe someday we'll revisit that and have to talk about that. But right now yeah, we're both single stage in our brass prep and we really like it. We'll talk about that later too. The way we're doing that is pretty sweet, but, um, the, I don't know, Dylan's are handy. So if, if you guys can have, if you got room on your bench and you see a good, good deal on one, grab it. Yeah. You won't regret it for, for pistol and everything else are pretty cool. So, yeah. um, anyway, I'll let you go. Um, I got a pack. I got to leave early in the morning. So I got to pack some clothes up and, and get, get wrapped up here. So anyway, any, any right closing on. words, we can't say toodles. So we'll, no, uh, no, we'll just, we're just going to say a good old fashioned goodbye and, yeah. uh, and all that. So anyway, thanks again, Brian. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, man. Yep. You bet.